The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Welcome to Spirit of Recovery Offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery Here's Rev. Dan Beckett Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jelinch. Today, we share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the Send Message button right below the banner. Each week on the show, we'll respond to a listener question or comment. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected, so please let us know what's on your mind. We would love to hear from you. Our show today is titled Confident Living. Many of us in addiction recovery are all too familiar with the feeling of fear, fear of the future, fear of change, Fear of pain, you can probably add to this list. The good news is that in recovery, we can learn to manage and transform our fear, moving instead into a life rooted in faith. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on moving from fear to faith using the power of release. So we'll begin today by sharing our experiences of that fear, what that was like, what it sometimes still is like. And then we'll move into talking about the solution, which is using the power of release. After the break, we'll share exactly how we use the power of release to move from that fear into a faith-filled life. So Dan, share with us what that fear experience was like, or as I said, sometimes can still be like. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely one of those things that it's not, uh, you know, it's not gone. I may, I may right. not have um, taken a drink or what have you in a long time, but it, I can't say that I have never experienced fear in that same period of time. Right. And, you know, and I think for so many of us, there, the, you know, my experience of fear comes in certain categories, right? Fear of not having enough. Yes. is one that is uh, prominent for me yes. uh, just because of the way my mind is wired, like fear of not knowing what's going on, like not understanding what's happening, feeling mm-hmm. ungrounded because I don't get it. Who are these people? What are they doing? What is happening here? Uh, it's, it's very uncomfortable for me, you know, being feeling lost is what I might call that. I mean, lost in the world, not like right. lost 
in the car, although that's disconcerting too. <laughs> or it used to be before before we literally had a smart map. Remember when you, were when in you math actually class? lost your car? <laughs> right. Remember when we were in math class and the teacher's like, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket. Right. <laughs> like, uh, actually, yeah, I am. But just being, <laughs> being lost in life, you know, disconnected, not knowing what's going on. And then just sort of like fear of general based on general safety in the world. You know, I, I, I feel, you know, like uh, in a way, all I really want in life is to be okay in the world, right? That's a pretty broad statement, I know. But, um, you know, the, the people I've talked to, I've found that to be very common. And recovery, in a way, for me, has been a path toward exactly that. And it's moving away from these kinds of fears. Yeah. I know I've shared this many times before, but I have a belief that so many of us in recovery have some sort of trauma in our past, especially in our childhood. And so we have that trauma-based sort of free-floating fear, like you said, just wanting to be safe and okay in the world because there were you know, times in our past where we weren't just safe just being. And uh, so that fear gets sort of embedded into the body and becomes this free floating fear that just, you know, I'll notice sometimes I'm, I'm fearful of something and I don't even know why it's sort of just this thing that's just there. I believe that's, uh, you know, from trauma. So I totally relate to you, what you said about uh, the various types of fears. I shared many of those uh, still grapple with some of them. The fear of economic insecurity was a really big one for me because I grew up uh, in a culture of lack mentality. And then it was uh, exacerbated by some of the, um, you know, immigrant post-depression mentality that was in my family. And so uh, that was a big one for me, that fear of economic insecurity. And I had to work really hard on that a lot. And uh, unity was tremendously helpful. The prosperity teachings were tremendously helpful for me with that. That fear can still crop up again. In fact, I had a little plumbing emergency yesterday and, you know, had to dish out a bunch of cash to fix something. And it's that's when that fear comes up again. Like, oh, God, that wasn't planned. Right. Now what am I going to do, you know? And so that's something that I still have to, you know, I still struggle with that. I have to keep remembering not to be in lack mentality and to trust that. I mean, basically, you know, the longer you do this, the longer I do this, the more I can look back and say all those times I was afraid, what I was afraid of didn't happen. So, you know, that helps me believe that I don't need to stress out because things always worked out in the past one way or another. They always worked out. And the things that I had made up in my head as these big, huge fears never happened. So that just takes some time and some life experience to see that that's true, you know, and that has really helped me. I don't need to stress about it. Look, it's always worked out in the past. So I can identify and affirm that as well. And I'm, I'm always reminded of one of my favorite silly lines. I've had, a th I've had thousands of problems in my life, a few of which have actually happened. Yeah. Right. Almost none of the things that I'm afraid of, um, 
amount to anything. But as you and I were discussing earlier, you know, there's, there's always this possibility that, I mean, and, and I, I feel like I used to be in this space that I'll describe. I can laugh about it now, but what maybe not so funny, um, that, you know, I, seem to have been, and this can still come back from time to time, I seem to have thought, if I don't worry about this situation, it's going to go badly. Yes. And so I better worry about it so that it goes okay. And that can very much be a self-fulfilling prophecy because we're like, oh, uh, like we were just saying, you know, well, so few things that I worry about actually go bad. Well, that's because I'm worrying about them and it works. Right, my worrying yeah. is making things okay. That's Prevented the trap. That bad thing from right, happening. and that's not true. <laughs> right, right. That's not true, but that's the trap. Yeah. In that keeping, you know, can keep me in that fear yes. way of seeing. I looked at the um, promises um, because you know fear is a central theme in addiction recovery and in the recovery literature. And I looked at the ninth step promises and asking, okay, which ones of these are related to fear? And I found four of them. Uh, In my opinion, they are the second we are now, we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. To me, the freedom is the freedom from fear. And the fourth one, we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. That serenity and peace, the opposite of a fear experience. This one's direct. The 10th one, fear of people and like you were saying, of economic insecurity will leave us. And the 11th, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us, or we could say which used to freak us out. <laughs> this is another way to, to put that. And I, and I have to say that I have found all of those promises to have come true for me over yes. time, yeah. um, in, you know, including these that are addressing fear quite directly, I think. Yes, I would say that they have definitely come true for me as well in varying degrees and at various times. And some of those old things still crop up at times as well. I was When you said, you know, fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us, I wanted to say, and return to us and leave us and return to us and leave us. <laughs> None of this stuff is one and done. There's often things that we uh, continue to work with as we uh, move through our time in sobriety. But... One of the other things that you mentioned in the show's description is fear of change. And that was a really big one for me, too. Oh, my gosh. Why do things have to change? Everything's good right now. Why can't it just stay like this? What? Apparently, I'm not a natural Buddhist, you know, with this, oh, impermanence. That that drives me crazy. Why can't things just stay the way they are? You know, I got a handle on it. Got a handle on it right now. Um, but that's just not the nature of life. Life is always changing and I've gotten more comfortable with change. I'm still not a big fan. I don't know too many people that are like, Oh yeah, let's, let's have change. That's fun. Uh, but I'm not as fearful as I used to be about those types of things. Um, what you mentioned worry and I was going to say that fear and worry are like Well, they're not even two sides of the same coin. They're on the same side of the coin. You know, they're basically, they go hand in hand, at least for me. And so I lived in a lot of worry before. And I think it's exactly what you said. The trap is that our brains tell us if I just keep thinking about this thing and worrying about it and analyzing it from every angle and thinking of every which way that it could possibly go wrong, I will somehow be preventing the bad thing from happening. 
and of course our unity teachings are exactly the opposite that what we have in our consciousness is what typically outpictures in our lives so we definitely don't want to be focusing on everything that could go wrong but i didn't know that i didn't know that before and and so if there's another side to the coin i would say the other side is control because it, it's that feeling that I needed to control things, that I needed to control my life, control the outcomes, control what other people were doing. And all of it was to make sure that the bad thing, whatever that was, didn't happen. Again, a trauma-based response, I believe. Um, trying to you know, keep ourselves safe and keep bad things from happening. So as you said, 99% of the things I worried about never happened. And um, Jesus tells us that no one added so much as a minute to their lives by worrying. That's so, right. yeah, but I didn't know that before I came into recovery, before I came into unity. And I think a lot of folks live that way. You know, we have that Murphy's Law. That's kind of, it's kind of part of our culture. And so that was a big thing for me before. Very glad to be somewhat mostly free from that now. Yeah. And I was thinking about how, you know, all, uh, some aspects of our, our culture don't exactly help with this. You know, we have, no. we have, um, you know, values that like, don't give up, don't be a quitter, just try harder, you yeah. know, hang on. Letting go is not quite, um, you know, what, what we're taught about. It's you not know, wild keep, west keep going enough. <laughs> and right. You better worry about it because if you don't worry about it, then you know all these bad things are gonna happen and la la la. la. Yeah. Better be vigilant and yep. all that it. kind of stuff. But now that we know about this challenge of fear, and I'm just guessing that our listeners can uh, relate to this. I don't know anyone in recovery, whether you're on the, you know the. The, the substance side or the um, codependent, the anon side, whether you're yeah. into the al or the al anon, um, it's the same. And now that we know about this, well, what is the solution? In unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles. And our unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, as we know, developed a set of 12 spiritual principles that he called the 12 powers. And these are 12 spiritual abilities that we all have and that we can learn to use more effectively in our spiritual growth. And the power that can help us move from fear to faith is the power of release. So that's what we want to focus on today. But that seems easy to understand, right? To release is to let go of something. It's simple. But in practice, it's often not as easy as all that. The idea of releasing something is quite different than the reality of releasing it. So, Michelle, when you think about the spiritual power of release, what comes to mind? Oh, my gosh. I think this is probably one of my favorite powers. It's just awesome because I was so fear-based and so control-based that when I started hearing in the rooms that I didn't have to control everything and I didn't have to worry about everything and uh, that, you know, when I started hearing, it really went to my the 
my understanding of the nature of the universe from thinking that the universe was this scary place that I needed to control so bad things wouldn't happen to believing in a universe that is uh, filled with God's love and that basically all things are ultimately working together for good and I don't need to worry about everything. That was, you know, that was a completely, that was a huge shift for me, completely different way of seeing the world. And so when I, when I shifted into that and began to practice using the third step, what I felt was just so much relief, just tremendous, tremendous relief. Um, I could turn things over, you know, I could, I could trust that things were going to work out, maybe not as I planned or as I thought I wanted, but as they should, that there was a divine order um, ordering the universe and that things were not just willy nilly, that there was some, some divine order holding all things together and that I could release and let go into that. And I just experienced so much relief. I continue to experience that relief today. You know, I have to, we call this practice, right? We call spirituality a practice because we have to keep practicing. It can happen to me today where I get very, you know, worried about something or I'm clinging on to something and then someone will remind me or I'll see somewhere, you know, a saying or whatever. And it like, and it's like, oh yeah, I can let go. And then I, I literally feel it instantly in my body, that release and that relief and that letting go and that peace that I don't have to figure it all out. There is a lot of peace in that. In fact, even you just saying it just now, I can yeah. feel. You feel it, right? Oh, yeah. I can feel the, a little lightness come. And I'm not even trying very hard. I'm just listening to what you're yeah. saying. And it's absolutely there. Um, you know, I was remembering some uh, acronyms for fear. You may have heard some acronyms. Future events appearing real. Yeah. I've heard that for fear, F-E-A-R. Forget everything and run. That's what we want to do sometimes or face everything and recover. And yes. I think that that's the one that uh, that's the one we want is the, that we're after. Right. I don't want, I don't want to um, forget everything and run. I want to face everything and recover. So one of my favorite release sayings is let go and let God, you know, it's one of those things that as I was sharing in the introduction, it's a lot easier to say than to do, although we can learn and I have learned um, to, to do that more effectively. Some of these things, it reminds me of um, the, when, when the, someone asked the master sculptor who would make these beautiful sculptures, you know, how do you do that? And the sculptor says, all I do is I just remove all the stone that's not part of the sculpture. It's like, well, that is absolutely true and completely unhelpful. That doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it tells you everything you need to know, but yeah. then again, it tells you nothing that yeah. you need to know. And some of these, like, let go and let God can kind of feel like that. We'll yeah. just turn it over. Well, okay, but uh, how do I do that? You know, and that's where... That's where the recovery community, uh, sponsorship, uh, phone lists, you know, recovery friends, we just learn it by um, being around, right? 
um, just by absorbing it from others who are in recovery, who are around us. And we sort of learn by example, right? Which is probably the same way we learned all those fears was yes. by taking them on from somebody else. And yeah. so we can learn what it feels like to let Coke, to quote, let go and let God um, by practicing it and by being around people who are also practicing it. As you pointed out, we call what we do a spiritual practice because it's an ongoing um, thing. It's an ongoing activity. It's, it's not one and done, as you pointed out. So release, if I can let go of my fear or my hyper-focus on something, release it uh, and, and, quote, turn it over, let go and let God, um, that took a while to learn, but I have found it to be super helpful. Absolutely. You know, it made me think about the Fillmore's when they were uh, developing the unity principles and such. They were really into things being demonstrable. Like, don't do this because we're telling you. Do it because you try it and it works in your life and it pans out for you. And so that's what recovery was like for me. People would suggest things like try turning it over, see what happens. And I would do it and I would feel this tremendous relief and then things would unfold you know, and everything was fine. And I saw that it worked. So then I would do it again and it worked again. So that's kind of a really big part of it is we just try. And that's what we teach in unity also, right? Try these things out, see if they work for you. If it works for you, great. You know, and there's not a blind faith really involved in unity teachings. Um, Try it out. And what I found was that it worked for me right away. I mean, just instantly. Every time I turned something over, I felt that relief. Um, I didn't have to stay up all night worrying about something. And and then the other piece to that is, and this takes time to learn this. It took me time to learn this, that things, when I say that everything will be okay or everything will unfold as it should, that doesn't mean, like I say, that it's going to unfold according to the Michelle plan. In fact, most of the time it doesn't. And it's pretty much, I can say, always better than what I had in mind. So that's that faith in the higher power that comes in. And when I let go of that hold on things, I open up space for spirit to work. And spirit is the divine mind. Spirit is that which knows and sees all. And the Michelle mind, not so much. You know, the Michelle mind sees what my ego wants it to see and sees what's happening right around me. But when we let go, what we're letting go into is that higher self, that higher mind, that divine mind that uh, that knows better than my small S self does. And so when I let go and allow things to unfold and allow them to go differently than what I had in mind, they always turn out way better than what I imagined or what I could have ever come up with myself. So that requires that um, trust, that faith, um, and allowing things to not be the way I planned, allowing them to be different and that change. But after a few times of seeing things turn out so much better than I thought, I'm sold, you know? (laughs) The proof is, proof is in the pudding, as they say. It it works for me, and it worked for me, and that's what helped me to keep doing it. 
One of the first principles I remember encountering in unity, and I, I don't even know what this is exactly. It's, it's not one of the five principles, but it's an idea that we carry. And it, it was expressed in the words, this or something greater, yeah. you know, at the end of a requir- request or, or a vision. You know, we, we, um, the way that we approach a desired outcome a goal or a, an intention or whatever is we we envision it right we don't go to an anthropomorphic god and say can i please have this right. we envision it as if it's already done and we affirm yeah. that it is already done it it we just haven't seen it yet you know it's on its way so to speak but that idea of always leaving the ceiling open you know don't block off possibilities Yes. If, if the if one way of understanding God, if a God concept is the a field of infinite possibility, then I don't want to limit those possibilities just to the ones that I happen to be able to think of. And just like yeah. you're saying, I mean, I'm pretty cool and all that, but I can't think <laughs> of every wonderful thing that could ever happen. And I can think of some wonderful things, but you know, staying open to. Uh, anything is always a good idea. I'm reminded as I thought about this that letting go in general is a spiritual tool. You know, in, in Buddhism, there's the concept of non-attachment, mm-hmm. and that attachment is the root of suffering. In in the Al-Anon tradition, it's detachment, right? Uh, move focus away from what the other person is or isn't doing. And, you know, my attempts to control what the other person is or isn't doing and detach from that. So it doesn't have sway over me. Um, you know, in the big book, there's that quote result or nil until we let go. Absolutely. That's a strong statement. And of course, in the gospels, Jesus teachings of forgiveness, 70 times, seven times from the gospel of Matthew, let go, let go, let go. You know, that's a message that's repeated over and over, not just in, in the unity tradition, not just in the broader Christian tradition, but in many other spiritual traditions. So I like that because what it tells me is that this matters a lot and that we're really on to something powerful here. This is somehow reflective of an aspect of God somehow or other. I don't yes. know that I you know, want to pretend to know what that is, right. but I can tell this matters a lot. Well, again, like I said, it goes to our whole way of seeing the universe. You know, Einstein said you can either see the universe as a friendly place or as a not friendly place. I choose to see the universe as a friendly place. I choose to believe that we're going somewhere good collectively, Um, even though each individual thing that happens may not look good or positive or may not look like forward progress, but I choose to believe that the whole thing is progressing always upward, always forward, always bringing more of God's goodness into expression. I believe that's the purpose of the, the material universe. So because I believe that, that's what allows me to let go and trust. So I'm not just letting go into nothing. I'm letting go into the loving embrace of a friendly universe that loves me and that wants to conspire with me to get more of God's good into manifestation. That's why I can let go. Yeah. 
I love that. Let's hold that thought. What a great thought to end this segment on. Uh, We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will continue the conversation. So we hope that you'll please stay with us. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back indeed. We are glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett, and I'm here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jellinch. We'll resume our discussion in just a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there, and each week we'll respond during the show to a question or a comment. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. Please let us know what's on your mind. So prior to the break, we were first discussing uh, fear and worry and that, that fear-based, worry-based way of living. And then we talked about the solution to that, which is using that power of release and of letting go. So, Dan, now that we know that the fear-based way is not what we want and that we need to learn to use the power of release, how exactly does that work? How do we use that power of release to uh, get to a life that is based on faith rather than fear? Well, it's the same as that answer, how do you get to Carnegie Hall, <laughs> right? Practice, practice, practice. It's not, it's absolutely true. You know, it's, we're, we're all works in progress, yes, works in process, if you will. And so I'm still learning how to answer that question. Yes. Right, I'm still practicing all of this. But so what's coming to mind is um, uh, when I, I quit smoking just a couple of years ago, I think, I have, I should start off, I have a great fondness for all things tobacco. <laughs> I, I mean, cigars, I love uh, pipes, I smoked, I love that, cigarettes. If I could smoke now... <laughs> And get away with it, I would be doing it, believe me. And when I yeah. see other people smoke, I don't think, oh, you shouldn't do that. I think, oh, man, that <laughs> looks <lucky> good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do you. You go. You want to smoke, you smoke. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Anyway, it's just, you know, it's a, yet another addiction. But I, I was able to let it go uh, a couple few years ago. And one thing that helped me, so this was a little silly thing that I made up. To help me, and I've found that it helps in general with sort of, you know, these habitual, unhelpful cycles of thinking, right? These yeah. thought patterns. Uh, so, if you've ever quit smoking or anything else, you know this experience of all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this craving to do the thing, you know, to have a cigarette. Um, and it still comes up from time to time, just not very often and not super strong. But I decided I, I, I made a I, I made a personality out of that desire to smoke that comes up in me. And I thought of it as sort of like an annoying neighbor 
or somebody, you know, they're not a bad person or anything, but they keep stopping by all the time and it's getting (laughs) annoying. And, and so I thought of that urge to smoke kind of like that, you know, happy go lucky, but annoying neighbor. Hey, how's it going? I was wondering if you want to come over. Okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks for letting me know. I do remember that that's possible. And what I said to myself is I'm not doing that right now. That's the phrase I I keyed on. That was my response to my little imaginary annoying neighbor. I'm not doing that right now, which was both literally true. I am not literally smoking a cigarette right now in this moment. So it's true in that way. And it's also more broadly true. That's not something I'm doing at this time in my life. I'm choosing otherwise now. I'm not doing that right now. So between the image of the annoying neighbor and having a go-to answer, I'm not doing that right now. That just helped fend it off over and like sort of reflect it back, you know, over and over and over. And that worked over time. It really worked. So that's a way I was able to let go of the habit of smoking, even though it is something that I uh, enjoy. And if I could get away with it, I would. Um by practicing and having a simple go-to approach to it. You know, I'm not just going to magically say no and get mad and push back. That would actually tend to feed it. Um, But I came up with something that made sense to me that worked for me that I had right at my fingertips at any moment. Um, And so that's a a little story about a a way that I got through a difficult time um, by using kind of a mental image and an affirmative statement. Did you ever use anything to replace it with? I'm just curious because you mean like a quit smoking aid? Well, like I was like thinking about or gum or what? Yeah, what or just or like every time you wanted a cigarette, you do something else with your hand instead or whatever. Oh no, I didn't end up doing that. I mean, I did the when I quit successfully the last time, and I'm really good at quitting. I've done it many, many times. When I quit. <laughs> the last time I used the patch and I did something really weird. I followed the instructions. You know, they write down how you're supposed to use it. Don't put uh, all the patches on your arm at once. (laughs) Like a good uh, addict. Being a a good alcoholic, I I already know what to do. I don't need to read their stupid instructions. I probably know better than you anyway. Um, But I, you know, I really was diligent about following the instructions. And um, so, yes, in that way I did, have a a quit smoking aid i didn't just quit cold turkey and that was super helpful but i did not do like a rubber band around my wrist or or carry around a a mints or gum Um, the reason i asked is because i gave up diet coke a few years ago i actually did it during one of those lent you know give up something for lent as a just as a discipline as a practice and I replaced it with something. I started drinking iced tea or, you know, green tea, try to be more healthy, that kind of thing. But that really helped me. But I was thinking about what you were saying that um, about having something ready to use when those things come up. And I was thinking that that's what a lot of our sayings that are kind of cheesy little sayings. But once you hear them enough times in the room, they become like a toolbox in your head. And when something happens that you need one of those things for, you pull one out, right? So I was thinking in the way that I replace Diet Coke with green tea, um, when I get into my worry-based thinking or my fear-based thinking, I can pull out one of those things, you know, like let go and let God 
or all things are working together for my highest good or divine order is present in all of my affairs. Whatever it is, we have these, I guess, you know, in unity, we call them affirmations. Um, but those are those are replacing the fear-based thinking so that when, when we let go of something, what I want to say is, you know, we talk about how the universal core is a vacuum. So when we let go of something or remove something from our lives, we better have something better to fill it in with. Otherwise the universe, or I don't know how the mechanism works, but it's going to get filled in with something, you know? And so um, let's have some positive things on board to begin to put into that vacuum before it gets filled up with more junk. You know, as you're saying that, I'm going to answer your question. Breathing. That's what I did. When I wanted to smoke, I would say, I'm not doing that right now. And I would just pause and just just take some breath. No, nothing magic at all to it. And breathe deeply and feel like, oh, that feels good. Because my lungs actually worked a lot better after I quit smoking than they did when I was smoking. And that was a real quick reminder. So, yeah, I did replace it with something sort of, you know, in that way. Yeah. So it's just, I just was thinking about that, that we want to be mindful that when, you know, clearing out space in our lives, whether it be physical space, clearing out our closet or mental space, clearing out old thought patterns that no longer serve us. All of that is good, excellent, wonderful work, but we need to be mindful about what is going to fill in that space. Because when we, when we clear something out, we're creating space. And the space is eventually going to get filled. So we want to make sure that we're filling the space with positive things and filling it with more of what we want. So if we're clearing out negative, and this is the way affirmations and denials and such work, right? If we're clearing out old beliefs, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. We don't want to just clear those out, but not replace them with anything. We want to make sure we're replacing them with what we do want. You know, I'm, I'm whole and complete. I'm a child of God. I'm safe. I am lovable. I am, I am enough. Um, and so that's kind of the way we use affirmations in unity. The denial would be the clearing out and the affirmation would be the filling in that space with what we do want. So that's just what occurred to me as I was thinking about other types of letting go and clearing yeah, your Diet Coke story reminded me that I quit drinking soda. I, I You know, I've tried to limit my sugar intake. And uh, I, I have to confess that years ago when I heard someone talking about a sugar addiction, yeah. I scoffed. I'm yeah. like, please, get a real addiction. And then <laughs> later, and then later I was like, I'm sorry. I understand no. now. Because sugar is no joke. Sugar and carbs, that's no joke. That's a very serious thing. And um, so I was, you know, trying to minimize my sugar intake, which comes and goes, depending on how much Halloween candy is in front of me. You can guess what's going on right now. Um, and I replaced soda with fizzy water, right? You know, there's tons of carbonated water you can get. You know, 90 cents for a big bottle at the grocery store. You can get fancy European water or whatever. And, <laughs> and I decided that, you know, I'm not going to worry about, I'm not going to beat myself up about maybe having some nice fizzy water around yes. also because of what I'm giving up. 
you know, I don't need to get down on myself. That's not a good way to let go of something harmful is to get down on myself. And so, um, I drink all, you know, all the time now I can get it by the case at Costco, right? Fizzy water, keep it in the fridge. And, um, so that is something that I did substitute and that worked really well. As you were reminding us about all things working together for our highest good, I remembered these uh, dice that I have. So at my first Unity Church, there was a wonderful man there named James, who was kind of the caretaker of the property. And James had this sort of, um, you know, elfin charm about him and a big giant beard. And James um, gave me a gift once. He had made from little squares of wood these god dice. And it's and it's a, a six-sided die. You know, I have several of them. And on each face is the word god. I have right? one of those. <laughs> yeah. So you can sort of roll it and let, let's see where this is all going. And it always comes up god so that idea that all things are working for my highest good i kind of have these dice i think they're fun and funny and and they're they're a thing i can look at and remember and if i don't i don't carry them in my pocket but i certainly could there was a time that i did because it reminds me there's so much more going on than i can possibly know and that yeah i might choose to worry about this or about that but there's so much more going on it's really uh, a foolish use of my energy to be worrying about this or about that. So let me, when I'm not sure what's going to happen, let me roll the God dice and see what comes up. Oh, look, it's coming up, God. Oh, good. That helps me to, you know, do that thing, let go and let God that we talked about. That's awesome. And it's a good reminder with all six sides having God, it's a good reminder that it's all God anyway. It's yeah. all God and it's all good. Yes, so letting go is one of the most wonderful tools that we have in our spiritual toolboxes. And as I mentioned, when I first started using this practice, I felt tremendous relief and began to use the third step or the third step prayer or the third step process in all of my life decisions and things that I needed to do in my life, you know. And Uh, Just to share the way it would work for me is like, let's say that I was uh, trying to get a job and I was going on a job interview and I was applying and everything. I would, I would, because I have conversations with God, that's the way I pray. Not always. I pray in other ways too, but sometimes I do. I would say, you know, God, this is, I think I want this job. I think this job is right for me. I'm going to do the footwork that it takes to get this job. I'm going to put in my application. I'm going to do my interview the best I can. But I don't know for sure whether this is the right thing for me. So I'm going to give it over to you. I'm going to give it over to the universe or to my higher self or whatever works. Um, And that's sort of that same way of saying what you were saying about um, this or something better or this or something greater. It's like this is what I think is the best thing for me. But I realize that you may have something even more amazing in that field of infinite possibilities that is mine to do. And I don't know with my small S self, I'm not aware of that thing yet. My human brain hasn't been able to conceive of that, but the divine mind does conceive of that. So this is where I'm going to do the footwork, but I'm also open to something even bigger and better. And that has really worked well for me. 
another way that comes to mind that I can use the power of release and, and what we are talking about, you know, moving out of fear and into a, a much more comfortable place, a place of faith, is is by noticing that the world around us employs release on a regular basis the natural world around us that we can see that growth is a process that requires release yeah. and so for some reason that helps me it's like okay this is this is the way of the world you know this is um the way of nature or this is god's way or however i want to conceive of it and so it's okay to let things go Letting things go is part of um, of growing. Like tre- you know, trees in the fall will drop their old leaves before they can grow new ones. And so, you know, if I if I pretend I'm the tree, right? I I could worry about the loss of these leaves yes. that I've had, right? I, I don't think any trees actually doing that, but if I was the tree, I might be doing. That. <laughs> Or I can realize this is the part of the cycle when I let go and, you know, thank, I would even thank the leaves, embrace them and let them go. Thank you, leaves, for providing all that energy throughout as we move into this time of hibernation. I am here today because of what you have done. Thank you. And then, of course, in the spring come all new kind of leaves. And so letting go of something, uh, and you started to talk about this or you did talk about this is making space for something new. And that's a positive thing. Because if I think about it in that way, it's like, okay, you know, instead of focusing on what I'm losing or even conceiving of it that way, I can I can realize that I'm making space for something wonderful. I don't know what it is yet, but I can affirm and I can set an intention that it is going to be wonderful. And I when I, I will see it when it shows up and it's going to be great. And I'm going to be very happy that I let go of this other thing um, in, in favor of it. So that that's that whole denial and affirmation, right? We use the denial to clear out space, to let go of a thought pattern that's not serving us. And we replace it with a positive truth statement or affirmation or a thought pattern that is serving our highest good. Yeah. And I mean, I, I love that. I love that. Um, and it comes to mind, one of our sayings, expect a miracle. Yeah. And of course, as we know, in unity, what we hold in our consciousness is what we typically get. So if we're expecting good things to come to us, then that's most likely what's going to happen. So whatever it is that we're letting go of, if it's, you know, a job that we got laid off from or a relationship that ended, you know, not on our doing or whatever, and we're having to practice that letting go, Um, you know, after we've done our process of letting go, expect that something wonderful is coming. I love that. Um, Expect that bigger and better because know that as a spiritual being on a spiritual path, you are always progressing and spiraling up. You are getting better. You are expressing more of God. You are getting more open, more creative, more everything, you know, we're always getting better. And so expect something better to come and it will, you know, and the more we can be open about what that looks like and not try to uh, figure out, (laughs) this is where I get a hard time. I want to figure it all out. I'm like, okay, God, I turn it over to you, but 
in case you're not sure, here's the blueprints for what I think it should be, you know? I, I do that too. Yeah, I mean, it's natural. But the more that I can let go of that, I mean, the extent to which we let go is the extent to which we allow spirit to work through us. And it's a mystery. I don't know how it, it works. I just know that it does. And we we let go, like I said, not into nothingness. We let go into faith. And faith is a muscle that we build. You know, every time we exercise our faith, it gets stronger. And then and then we get to a point where we can look back and, oh, remember that time I lost that job and I was so freaked out, fear of economic security, fear of change, fear of the future, fear of people, fear of everything. And then I ended up being led to that new job that was so much better, you know, and when you can start looking back and seeing those things happening in your life over and over again, that's when that faith muscle gets stronger and stronger. And it's like, yeah, this works. This really works. Works with spouses too. I noticed <laughs> in my life at least once I'm on my, <laughs> I'm on my second marriage, right? We talk about a starter marriage. I did yeah. not want to let go of the first one, but as you spoke, I was reminded that's a good example of um, it, it, it freed me to find something that is far better that's for better. me yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, one simple practice, and, and this came up here in our house again, is my, my spouse um, went through this process of going through clothing and just get, you know, get a box and for a giveaway, like I'm giving, this is a positive thing to do. I'm right. giving this away and someone else is going to really love that they have this. And they use that thing. It's from a book. It's like a whole thing. I can't remember, but I just know the yeah. phrase spark joy, oh, right? Yes. You pick up a piece of clothing and you hold it. And does this spark joy in me? And if it does, then I keep it. If it doesn't, and this is the hard part, I put it in a giveaway box. And maybe if this is really hard for me, I could just like weigh one thing and just yeah. stop after one thing and then see it all the way through yeah. and get rid of it. Because, you know, we tend to, and I do, in fear to hold on to things. Like yes. I don't want to run out of Absolutely. something. I want to make sure I have enough of something that I like because running out of something that I like is very disappointing for me and it's emotionally difficult it always has been uh it's much better uh, now than it had been and i'm less fearful about stuff like that uh, but still so by going through a simple practice like go through one drawer or one little section of hanging clothes and and practice because that's kind of a meditation right that does it spark joy and then yeah. just let go of even one thing and you might be amazed. It's like that size of a mustard seed. Just a tiny little piece gets us started. Just don't read her but, section about books because I know who you're talking about. And she says something about that you should only have 20 books maximum. And I'm looking around and I have about 300 books in my office. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> That's well, where she went wrong. To, it's time for us to move to a question from our Listeners, so here's one, and this is a kind of a summary of our show. I get that I need to let things go, but it's not that easy. What are some simple things I can do? I think I got ahead of us. I, I gave one example. Simple things I can do to help me let go of whatever is troubling me. Yeah, so we've talked about using the third step, and there is actually a third step prayer, which is very effective and can be used. Um, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, but I saw 
your in your notes before about a God box and a God box could be anything, you know, a box that you write your worries or concerns or things you're trying to let go of and um, have that physical act of actually putting it into the box. Um, there's so many different ways we have to find what works specifically for us. But um, as I mentioned there, you know, after the letting go, there is that trust and that faith. And, and then we want to affirm, affirm verbally, affirm in our consciousness that all is unfolding in divine order. You know, and, and we can even visualize that turning it over. I've actually visualized taking that thing, whatever it is, in my hands and literally handing it over to the hands of God. And that that's helpful for me. And then once we've uh, released it, just enjoy that relief of having let go because it's such a relief. Yeah, there is a lot of joy in that. So what comes to mind first for me with this question, like, how, you know, how, what are some simple things I can do to let go of what's troubling me i i go back to it's almost like the um you know the the one-stop shop prayer and meditation yeah. right it, it it doesn't it's not like the answer directly for everything but it always opens the door to the answer or you know to a a more peaceful way forward um so you know having some kind of prayer practice that works for you it could be a a formal more formal or less formal kind of practice but something um that works or you had mentioned the third step prayer hey you know write that down on a card and yep. let that be your prayer practice when you're not sure what to do yep. when you want to let something go and then you know if you're like if your experience is anything like mine you know i just as soon as i opened my mind to that kind of stuff i started to run into more and more things well, as always, we like to offer an affirmation, and this is a great one for um, doing exactly what we're talking about. So it goes like this. I release anything and everything that no longer serves my unfolding good. I release anything and everything that no longer serves my unfolding good. What a beautiful way to put yes. that. A broad and positive and true statement. It's an intention. It's an affirmation. It's a it's a pat. It's a good summary of this yes, entire show. It really is. It it needed a lot less words than apparently we did. Yeah, but what fun we it, had. <laughs> and it has happened again, right? It's happened again, Michelle. Can you believe it? That uh, giving yourself the gift, we like to think of it that way, of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery. We really are grateful that you have, and we truly hope that you found something in all of our gibbering that will genuinely help you on your own recovery path. Thank you, Michelle, for our discussion, and thanks for all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Listeners, if you'd like, you can connect with us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, and give us your thoughts and feedback. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. Please don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.